Welcome to the first ever Bengals NFL podcast. Today I am joined by my good friend, 2018 NFL season, and we are going to be talking about the Bengals' day one and two draft picks, and we're just going to jump right into it. First pick, Billy Price. It was a bit of a surprise. Obviously, the Bengals' going center wasn't any secret. They obviously liked Ragnow, but the Lions surprised us, and they took him, and so it looked like the Bengals' next best option was either Price or Daniels, and they chose Price. Why do you think they chose Price over Daniels when it seems like Daniels has the more upside? Well, for one, before the injury, Price was considered by most to be the best center prospect in this draft. And kind of a late rise from Ragnow and uh, stuff like that kind of brought Price down along with the injury. But I think not only is Price a... He's played at Ohio State, so he's from Ohio. He's kind of a hometown kid. They also feel like he is better fit to their offense. Um, he plays in a he played in a zone blocking scheme in college, which was uh, exactly what the Bengals were looking for. James Daniels, I was I thought he was good, but I wasn't a huge fan just because I didn't think his strength was going to be good enough in the NFL. Um, but Billy Price, he's a strong dude. He has a lot of upside, but I think he also has the highest floor of any center right now in this draft. Yeah, you could argue James Daniel has the highest floor. I don't really know. I'm no expert, but I do know Ragnar Daniels, Price were all three really good options, and especially with Price, you're, since he didn't participate at the Combine, you, you don't know how athletic he is until you actually watch the game tape. He's extremely athletic. And something else that just really blows my mind is how he climbs to the next level. Like, you'll see him, he'll block somebody, he'll push them back. Then when they're blocked, he'll just suddenly block a linebacker. He's got heart, and he's a great leader. Yeah, I think the main thing is they just wanted a center. They had nobody there. Um, Bodine was awful, and they decided Mm -hmm. to let him leave and... They had no replacement, so they needed a center, and they felt that that was their guy at 21. Yeah, and you guys knowing me, I was really hoping for Wynn, and Wynn might be, I still think is going to be the better player year one and stuff, but you also got to look at it as this. The Bengals are in a win-now mode. A center, a.k.a. Billy Price, helps them win-now more than a guard. By how much? I don't know, but guard... We're serviceable right now. Center, who's going to play center? TJ Johnson? They moved away. No. And people at first were getting really frustrated. Like, oh, we could have got a center at 46. Well, let's just assume the Bengals don't take Billy. Carolina at 24 was rumored to take a center. Maybe they don't go them. Then, obviously, Daniels was taken by the Bears, and there was still quite a bit of picks before the Bengals, and there were some center-needy teams, so... And there's just, like, no other option. It's kind of one of those situations, like, okay, this is the best we can do. We just got to live with it. And I would have liked them to see them trade down, but maybe they tried. Like, if you look back, they were on the clock until about three minutes when the pick was submitted. Maybe they were on the phone trying to trade down. Maybe they were trying to trick New England to wanting Le- they wanted Lamar or some bull crap like that. I don't know, but... They got the guy they wanted, and it's going to help them win more than you think. And also, we, me and uh, 
Bengals NFL here have talked about it a lot. Pollock knows what he's talking about. For sure. He built an incredible offensive line in Dallas. I trust his judgment here. He loves Price. And so, I mean, you just kind of got to trust Pollock here. I believe that if he loves Price, then he's going to be a good player. Yeah, you look back on the 2013 NFL draft, one of the worst drafts in recent memory for first round, but the Cowboys took Travis Frederick. They got a lot of heat for it. They thought it was a massive reach, but Frederick's the best center in the NFL on top of my head, and look at it now. Nobody's saying that's a bad pick anymore, and... Also, Pollock brought in Zach Martin, who, if you ask me, is the best offensive lineman in the NFL. Yep. And you also, this kind of reminds me of the Zeitler situation in 2012. The Bengals traded down. They didn't get DeCastro, plays for the Steelers, and they get Zeitler. People think he's a reach, but he plays really good for the Bengals, and nobody thinks that anymore. And that kind of shows you these what's a reach and what's not. You really can't say that until a couple years after the draft. That's just based off analyst evaluation. For all we know, maybe other teams valued price in the 20s and the media just missed it. Yeah, exactly. You can't really know where teams are trying to go with these players. But if the Bengals got their guy at 21, that's all that matters. Yeah, and we want to, as Bengal fans, we know they can win next year. We're finally going to see them get a good center for the first time in like 10 years. Yeah. It's ridiculous. So, overall, I'll give that a B or B+. Plus. When I grade these picks, I look at team need, playing time, and just value. The value, from what I see, isn't great, but in my scouting, the talent matches it. And they got a guy who's a less of... He gets hurt again, and which actually let's talk about real quick. He started 55 straight games at Ohio State. Four straight years, never got hurt. Then he suddenly tears his peck at the combine. If you ask me, that's a fluke. Yeah, and I mean, just kind of going with that, he's so versatile on the offensive line. He played guard for three years before moving to center. So even if he, for some reason, doesn't work out at center, there's a possibility he could play for guard. There's just a lot of options. And, yeah, he's a durable guy. He has plenty of um, experience up on that front, and I think he's just going to bring a lot of leadership as well to the organization. Yeah, the Bengals' offensive line doesn't seem to have that leadership since Whitworth left last year, so that's going to be a nice pickup. And Price isn't this injury-prone guy. He's very durable, one bad injury at a bad time. And obviously, Price is actually ahead of schedule for it. He is going to be back by training camp, supposedly. Obviously, Ross was supposed to last year. But <laughs> but anyways, you know, Price is a guy who wants to be here, who's going to play, and will give it everything every play. So, I like the pick. Yeah, overall, pretty solid selection. Yeah, and honestly, if they do go win, which I would have been probably happier at the time, they might not get a center, and they ha- maybe have to reach on a guy like Mason Cole, who's not bad, but definitely not as good as a guy like Price brings to the table. All right, so second round, Bengals had pick 46. Suddenly, Marvin Cole, or Andy Reid calls Marvin, whatever. They make a trade. Bengals trade down to 54, and in exchange, the Bengals give them our 
we give the Chiefs our compensation pick at pick 100, and they give us pick 78. Now, I like this trade for a couple reasons. One, we're moving down eight spots, and in my head, and I was kind of getting fed some inside information, they knew the guy they wanted was going to be there at 54. And he was, and that was Jesse Bates as the Bengals needed a safety. I think after we failed to sign Eric Reed, that kind of hinted the Bengals won a safety and a free safety. That's what Jesse Bates brought in. They got him at 54. I think they couldn't make the trade. They dropped him at 46. So I think we essentially just moved up 22 picks for free. Yeah. I mean, I think that if they knew that they wanted Jesse Bates at 46, and once they got uh, offers to move just move down a little bit and move up so many picks in the third round, that was huge. So I think they made this trade knowing that they would still get the guy they wanted, just kind of like last year, how they moved down uh, and still ended up getting Joe Mixon. I think it's a similar situation. Um, Bates is a solid player. He's a true free safety, which is what the Bengals need. Iloka is a much better strong safety than he is a free safety, but Sean Williams (laughs) is the strong safety because he's better at that than free safety. So it allows Iloka to shift back into his natural spot at strong safety and uh, Bates can play free safety, assuming Marvin lets the rookie play. Yeah, and honestly, I think he will because the Bengals, it's been said a million times, you're going to hear me say this a million times throughout these this podcast and next couple, Bengals are entering out of win-now mode. Geoff Hobson, the Bengals writer, there's some stuff he says iffy, but he's made one thing clear. They're going to win now, and I don't see why you bring a draft a starting caliber safety to bench him. And his zone coverage is just tremendous. Honestly, out of all between corners and safeties, I think he has the best zone coverage. And what's nice was we could have used Bates a lot last year because he was really good in cover two. He was really good at man cover two. He was good in cover three, and he was good in cover four. He can do any zone coverage. And if the Bengals wanted to keep doing that cover two shit, then luckily we got a really good safety at it. And a lot of Bengals fans were mad we didn't go Justin Reed, but why do you think Justin Reed wasn't taken until the third round? Every year there's some player that gets overhyped from the combine. Suddenly his draft stock goes up, but NFL teams don't buy it. There's always a guy where NFL teams do buy it, at least one, and that's enough. And there's always one player that the media just completely overvalues, and Reed was that player this year. And I was really never talked about it because I didn't think Reed was even going to be there in the second round based off what I heard, but I, I had a late second on him, and that didn't change after the combine because that didn't change the fact he has struggle with tackling or he can be slow on Reed sometimes. Yeah, I think they knew that they wanted Bates over Reed, obviously, based on the pick. But they just, yeah, they knew that they wanted him. They knew that they were going to be able to get him at 54 with the trade. And so they got their safety of the future. Yeah, and you look at this kid, he's 21-22. Pretty sure he was a junior redshirt sophomore. And he's fast, and he's really inconsistent with tackling, which is kind of concerned. I think I would see a lot of Reggie Nelson in him. He's not afraid to hit, but he needs to be consistent. But the fact that he is 
able to do it, it just shows you he just needs to be coached, and you got a really good free safety. Exactly. Yeah, so hopefully the Bengals use him right. I've heard some stuff they might go with three safeties, which if we use Williams more as a nickel linebacker, I'm all right with. So we're just going to have to see. But I will I'll get into Austin a little more. Is Austin and Detroit, he never had much talent on this line on his Lions defense. He's got to be smiling right now. Speaking of which, like, the next two picks back-to-back, since they moved up with the trade, they had the 77th and the 78th pick, took two defensive guys, Sam Hubbard from Ohio State and Malik Jefferson from Texas. I like these picks very much. I remember when the Bengals brought in Hubbard for a visit, and they also visited with him at the Combine. They obviously showed they are interested. I was getting a little afraid they might go from the second round, which I actually marked him as an early second talent, but based on other team needs, I didn't find him very valuable there. But third round, I'm all for that. I think he brings in kind of the role that Chris Smith played last year where he was a situational edge rusher but also played some D-tackle when it was uh, passing down. I think him and Michael Johnson both kind of filled that role last year. I think Hubbard will be great at that. He's a, a bigger guy. He's got to put on a little bit more weight, uh, get some strength. But overall, he was part of a great defensive line at Ohio State, and I think he was probably the best one other than Bosa on that line. And so he's a great talent. He's a hometown kid just like Billy Price. I think bringing him in... Him in just adds to the depth of the defensive line. I mean, they've got some really good young rushers right now. Dunlop, Lawson, Willis, throwing Hubbard there. You've got a lot of good, young, talented rushers there. Yeah, and now that you bring in Baker, you're just adding more depth for your defensive tackles. Geno's getting some help. And I don't really know how good Baker is. Last year he showed tremendously, but if you look at him... With the Redskins, when they used him correctly, he was really good. So if Baker can get back to that form, we got a nasty defensive line, a completely underrated defensive line. Yeah, uh, I think that the Bengals are trying to fix the trenches. That's the been the kind of theme behind this draft. Last year, defensive line wasn't terrible. It was okay, but the run defense was bad. They just couldn't get enough pressure constantly. They're trying to fix that. And obviously the offensive line was the big issue last year, but they've attempted to address that with the trades, Cordy Glenn, drafting Billy Price. I think the trenches are the main focus right now. Yeah. And even, uh, let's go back to Billy Price real quick. If I think we were kind of being spoiled brats because if I would have told you before the trade happened, what if I told you we can make the 12 pick into Cordy Glenn and Billy Price, you would have been like, yeah, yeah, right. But even if Billy Price was a bit of a reach, we're st- we got we fixed two positions on that offensive line. If we don't make that trade, we might not even make one. Obviously, McGlinchey was taken before 12, and for God knows I really loved Williams. Didn't seem like other NFL teams did. We probably weren't taking him. Edmonds was there. I believe that would have been the pick. So, yeah, you just I don't think that you're gonna get more more value than what the Bengals were able to receive overall with this trade. Getting back to the third round, they picked Malik Jefferson with their Love second it. third round pick. 
A lot of people had him as a first-round talent for most of the draft process. He just kind of slipped towards the end. I think he's great talent. He has a lot. Adding him to the linebacking core, you know, you've got Perfect, Vigil, add in him. I'm uh, forgetting Evans, someone else. Preston. Preston Brown. You got Evans. You got a nice young talented linebacking core. That's just a good group, and I think Jefferson will benefit tremendously from learning behind some of those guys. I think he he's a little similar to Perfect, just. In I, well, most I think I partially say that just because he looks like him, <laughs> but it came out of college. But I think he just kind of has a similar style. If Perfect can uh, help mentor him, I think they can be a great tandem in a few years. Yeah, and honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if this he replaces Preston next year. Bengals got a lot of free agents next year, and Jefferson, first or second round talent, might need a year to develop. Preston can be like almost a bridge linebacker for us while he develops. Maybe maybe he starts in Burfick's position those first four games. Who knows? But the way of it, the Bengals got a big steal there. Why he fell that far? Well, the linebacking core, I mean, the linebacking draft class was insanely deep. Probably the second deepest position behind running backs. So, and... After Smith and Edmonds, you're just I there was no dying team for a linebacker, so if they valued somebody else a little more, that just could have been their pick. Personally, I don't know. I wish I did, but I like the Bengals pick. Yeah, I think that it's a little bit concerning that he fell, but you know, people thought that was Lawson last year. It was the first maybe early second round talent last year. He fell because of injury concerns. I mean, he was probably the best defensive line rookie last year. Yeah. And you just never know why some people fall. I mean, there's always going to be the ones that fall, like Orlando Brown, because of a poor combine or a poor show. Jefferson didn't really have anything. He just kind of slipped. I feel like teams wanted more, like, they just wanted a different direction. And... The Bengals were able to come in and swipe him up. I think it's a great pick. It's a great trade. Like based off who was there at a hundred, we if we don't make that trade trading down, we we don't get a Malik Jefferson type player. The closest player I could see to being that valuable is Maurice Hurston. He could be a possible day four, day three pick, maybe round four. But I heard I kind of heard before the second round started, Hurst is going to be a day three pick because his heart condition. I'm, I said, yeah, I'll believe it when I see it. Yeah, I mean, talent-wise, he's a first-round, probably, talent. Um, he's just, a lot of teams took him off their board because of the hard issues. And I don't blame them. If you, even in lower-round draft picks, you want you want to take guys you fully believe in. So if you don't fully believe in him and you fully believe in somebody else, take the guy you believe in. Exactly. And I wouldn't be surprised if the Bengals take him, even with Baker. Like, Bengals are, have shown they're not afraid to drop people with injuries. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and the doctors have cleared him for football, so. Yeah. And even then, what was, honestly, in the fourth round, when the only player I see that would even be valuable to us right now is Nick Nelson, and he would be a developed player under Denard, then would eventually take over the slot. Yeah. Also, 
since we were just talking about it, just, I'd like to point out a lot of Bengals fans were complaining that we've drafted three straight injured prospects. First of all, William Jackson was not injured when we drafted him. He just tore his pec during training camp. Ah, tore his pec. Last, <laughs> last first-rounder. Hmm. Second, last year, yes, they drafted John Ross, who was injured. This year, it is Billy Price. He tore his pec, but he should be back. I know they said that with John Ross, but... He's Billy. It's Billy Price. He, you got to remember, he played 55 straight games, tied for the most... Um, in school history Broke the with Pat Elfine. So, I think it's just a good pick. It brings a lot of stability to for all of the picks. It just provides more stability. It gives them a better chance to win now. And, yeah. Yeah, and that's another reason I like that Jefferson pick with Burfick being out. I can cover those. Obviously, he's not going to be perfect. But he's going to really help a lot more than, no offense to Jordan Evans, but I don't see Evans being better than Jefferson. Yeah. So that's it for this video, for this podcast, guys. Hope you enjoyed. We're going to be making a lot of these. Who day?